offering drinks. You'll have to switch that off now, Mr. Seven, said a voice, and he turned to see one of them looking down at him. She checked her device, making sure she'd got his name right. He scratched the back of his head, pushed a badly behaved strand of dark brown hair out of his eyes. Yes, sorry, right, only. He looked at his device. Yes, Mr. Seven? He shook his head. How could he have managed not to bump anyone on the flight, not even at the weakest level of connection? Nothing. The attendant smiled. Very good. Have a nice flight, Mr. Seven. He did have a nice flight. The plane arrowed due north, clinging to the coast almost the whole way. It was spectacularly beautiful. The coastline was a broken fractal. The sea was deep blue. The rocks of the shore, gentle mottled greys and browns. Inland, the ground climbed steadily into forests, which eventually gave way to treeless mountaintops. About noon, the plane landed at Scarp Ness, and as Eric predicted, most of the passengers picked up transport heading for the big mine. For the hundredth time, he pulled out the instructions the desk editor's assistant had given him, and made his way on foot to the ferry terminal where he boarded the steamboat for the short trip to Blessed Island. He knows little about the place. Just the rumours. But then, that's all anyone knows. And that, after all, is the whole point of his trip, to find out something about the island. There's nothing much about it on the net, nothing beyond the times of the steamboat, the hours of sunfall and moon up, a brief history of the old fishing trade now gone. As for the rumours, no first-hand accounts, no original source material. The pages that do mention them are simply rehashes of each other, leaving very few original hits to glean anything from. So little to be read on the net. Hmm, that's another strange thing about the place. All he's heard are the rumours, stories, the speculation, and the swiftly lost words of whispered secrets about the island where people have started to live forever. Eric Seven does not believe in love at first sight. He corrects himself. Even in that moment, the moment that it happens, he feels his journalist's brain make a correction, rubbing out a long-held belief, writing a new one in its place. He did not believe in love at first sight. He thinks he might do now. I'm Merle, she says. Her light hair falls across one eye as she shakes his hand. She flicks it aside and smiles. Of course you are, he says. Inside, he makes a note to punish himself later for such a lame reply. And yet, he had not said it with arrogance or even an attempt at being funny. He said it as if someone else was saying it for him. He was standing on the quayside his single large backpack by his feet. Behind him, the steamboat pulled away, heading back to the mainland. The few other passengers have already disappeared, vanishing into the narrow lanes of the island. Everything is quiet. The young woman called Merle half turns and gestures, and now Eric notices a small group of people with her. They smile at him too. One of them, an old man, steps forward. I'm Tor, he says, and holds out his hand. Eric shakes it, feeling a little uneasy again. 
How did you know I was coming? he asks. Well, we didn't, Tor says. But we don't get many visitors. Word of your arrival reached us, and we have come to meet you, Mr. Seven? Yes, uh, yes, that's right, Eric Seven. Tor raises a whiskery eyebrow. His face is long and so weather-beaten, it's hard to guess how old he is, and Eric notices that there's something wrong with one of his eyes. It's milky and doesn't seem to focus. Maybe he's even blind in that eye. Eric tries not to stare. Well, so it is, he says under his breath. Seven, asks Tor, one of the true modern church. Eric shakes his head. Uh, my parents were, they were first-generation converts back in the 2020s. I, uh, he stops.